The Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash. Happy Christmas Eve, everybody. Thank you for joining me again on Pursuit of the Paranormal. Just wanted to wish all our listeners and followers a very Merry Christmas and obviously a Happy New Year that follows. It's been a big year for the podcast. Uh, the growth we've seen has been amazing. Obviously, some changes recently, uh, but we've got lots planned, and there'll be lots of new episodes coming out in the next few weeks and months ahead. Big plans, so thank you for sticking with us for that. Thanks for all our supporters on Patreon, those that bought our book, those that share our posts, like our comments, everything, sharing everything, all good, and we appreciate every single one of you. So, for this episode, we're going to release basically an episode we did a couple of years ago, which was a few ghost stories from around the US, around the UK, some creepy but real ghost stories. I'll hear more in the intro, but yeah, it's going to be released this episode, so you will hear Greg during this episode. Uh, it's been a nice little Christmas present for us all. So, yeah, that's it from me. Hope you enjoy this episode, and I will speak to you all soon. Traditionally, Christmas in England was a time for scaring the bejesus out of little children by telling ghost stories around the fire. Charles Dickens led the way with his famous ghost story, A Christmas Carol. But what of the real ghosts said to haunt the land at Christmas time? In this episode, we're going to share some real spine tingling and seasonal stories of Christmas ghosts based on true accounts. After that, we're going to be discussing in detail one of the most famous ghost photographs of all time, that of the Brown Lady taken at Christmas in 1936. But first, grab a hot cocoa, turn down the lights, and settle in for some spooky but true Christmas tales. Christmas Pranks at the Crescent Hotel The Crescent Hotel is by far one of the most notoriously haunted hotels in the United States. Located along the northern border of Arkansas, near the Ozark National Forest, the hotel has been plagued by tragedy and ghost stories since it was first erected in the 1880s. While there are different legends and ghostly sightings associated with almost every square inch of the hotel's estate, one story continues to astonish visitors to this day. Allegedly, one year, during Christmas time, visitors came to view the hotel's Christmas tree, only to find that the Christmas tree and all its packages had been mysteriously moved to the other side of the room. This could have been a prank, staged by the hotel staff or a visitor. However, the occurrence was accompanied by sightings of various phantom spirits dressed in Victorian-era clothing, wandering aimlessly around the hotel's dining room. Some said the spirits appeared to be playful, and they moved the gifts and furniture across the room as a joke. This was seemingly confirmed when the hotel staff reportedly returned the next day, only to find that everything was back exactly where it was supposed to be. The Mistletoe Bride in the early 17th century, a young woman named Anne was to be married on Christmas Day at Brams Hill House in Hampshire, England. After the ceremony and feast, as was tradition at the time, the guests were all set to carry the bride to the bedchamber. Anne suggested a game be played and asked for a five minute head start before the guests came to find her. Everyone searched long and hard for Anne, but no sign of her could be found. At first they thought she had played a merry trick, but soon a sense of unease fell over the guests. The bridegroom, Lord Lovell, was distraught and guests began to whisper that she must have fled. 
Days, weeks, months and years passed and Lord Lovell never stopped looking for his bride. One day, some 50 years after her disappearance, Lord Lovell was up in a huge attic in the sprawling mansion where he began tapping on the oak panelling. As he knocked, a long hidden secret door sprung open and inside he found an ornate wooden chest. He pried open the heavy wooden lid and there, still in her wedding dress and clutching a mistletoe bouquet, were the skeletal remains of his beloved. The scratch marks on the inside of the lid of the chest attested to her desperate but futile effort to free herself from the hiding space. In 1923, one visiting English society woman reported, During the night I had the most terrifying experience. Shortly after midnight I was awakened suddenly with a sensation that I was not alone in the bedroom. Then, from behind the ancient oak panelling, I heard noises of light, hurrying footsteps. What followed was even more terrifying. I heard moans of the most heart-rending kind, and then strange sounds like hands beating upon the wooden partition. The moans so terrified me that I fainted away, and it was daylight when I recovered consciousness. I made an excuse for leaving the castle and hurried away. The Singing Spirit of Bethlehem Hotel Bethlehem in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is home to May Yohi. She was a young, talented performer who loved singing and performing from a very young age. Her talent gained her much attention and eventually she found herself performing with great success on stages in Paris and throughout Europe. She even caught the attention of a wealthy lord who quickly married her and made her a member of the British aristocracy. Tragically, her success led her down a dangerous path. Her marriage fell apart after the lord who swept her off her feet went bankrupt and she went on to marry an American soldier who robbed her of much of her wealth. At the time of her passing, reports claimed that she recalled her years in Bethlehem as the best of her life. To this day, Hotel Bethlehem's visitors claim to see apparitions of a young May Yohi dressed in elegant attire and either singing at the piano or pacing next to the Christmas tree. Some even claim to have heard her faint but recognisable voice singing one of her favourite songs. The Headless Horseman of Ruse Hall Ruse Hall in Suffolk lays claim to being one of the most haunted houses in England. The 16th century hall has a number of sinister connections, including a gruesome hanging tree an oak tree planted at the site of the old gibbet where numerous criminals were hung. To make things even spookier, inside one of the building's cupboards, the mark of a devil's cloven hoof is said to be imprinted. But perhaps the most dramatic haunting is supposed to happen every Christmas Eve. Legend has it that a headless horseman clatters down the driveway with his four black horses pulling a phantom coach, terrifying anyone who witnesses him. Apparition at Alcatraz Alcatraz, the isolated penitentiary located in the middle of California's San Francisco Bay, it closed down in 1963, but tales of those who were once held on the island continue to haunt generations of onlookers and visitors. Often referred to as The Rock, Alcatraz has gained a reputation for unexplainable and shocking ghost encounters, and one of the most notable was recounted during Christmas. Back in the 1940s, while the facility was still in operation, the warden at the time, Warden Johnston, decided to throw a small Christmas party at his boarding house, which is actually on the island. During his party, a few of the guards began retelling the story of a phantom figure who appeared before them wearing a grey suit, grimmed cap and sporting mutton chop sideburns. All the guards could do was stare at the ghostly figure in shock, and before they had a chance to move, the room suddenly turned very cold and the fire in the stove was extinguished. 
and just as suddenly as he had appeared, the Phantom Man vanished. The Slain Highwayman One Christmas Eve near the close of the 18th century, a notorious highwayman named Gilbert is said to have stopped a coach and horses on the Hawkshurst Road in Marden, Kent. The coach contained a young lady and her father, and Gilbert ordered them out onto the road. Just as the girl stepped out, the horses bolted, taking the coach and her father with them. The young lady was left alone in the dark road with the highwayman, and as she looked into his face, she recognised him as the very same highwayman who had murdered her brother some years earlier. Horrified, she drew a hidden knife from her bag and stabbed Gilbert in the side, fleeing into the bushes. When the horses were calmed and the coach returned a little while later, the men discovered the bloody body of the highwayman and buried him at the side of the road. When villagers found the woman in the forest the next day, she had gone completely mad. They avoided that spot on the road for many years and it's said that every Christmas Eve, the bloody scene is silently replayed to all that pass through. The Ghost of Geoffrey de Mandeville the story of Sir Geoffrey de Mandeville is brimming with political betrayals. He held the title of Earl of Essex and was a prestigious European landowner during the 1100s. Because of his title, he had great influence over royal politics at the time. However, when a debate emerged regarding the rightful heir to the throne, he chose the losing side and was promptly stripped of many of his assets and excommunicated from the church. During his excommunication, Sir Geoffrey was slain on the battlefield and because of his exile, he was not allowed a proper Christian interment, which many believe left his spirit trapped within the earthly realm. Rumour claims that Sir Geoffrey also left a curse on the properties he owned, stating that should he ever be taken away from him, ruin would befall his betrayer, and every six years on Christmas Eve, he and a headless dog would haunt the lands draped in a red cloak. Ever since his demise, people who have visited the properties he once owned, particularly the Pimsbrook Bridge in East Barnet, have reported hearing strange sounds and witnessing the hazy image of a headless dog breaking through the fog, accompanied by a knight in full armor and a red cloak. And Boleyn returns. Anne Boleyn is notorious as the second of King Henry VIII's ill-fated wives. To marry Anne, Henry spent years seeking a divorce from his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, and went on to sever England's relationship with the Catholic Church in Rome, forever changing the course of British history. Despite the lengths he went to to ensnare her, Henry soon grew tired of Anne, and choosing to believe the idle gossip surrounding her, had her beheaded in 1536. A number of reports exist of the ghost of Anne Boleyn, but perhaps the most affecting is the version said to haunt her childhood home, Heather Castle, in Kent. Some say that every Christmas Eve, the spectral figure of Anne Boleyn can be seen slowly gliding across the bridge over the River Eden towards her family home, where she was at her happiest. Legends of Wawel Castle In the middle of Krakow, Poland, sits the Wawel Castle, for which centuries served as the home of each of Poland's kings after it was built in the early Middle Ages. Since this time, it has been associated with numerous legends and ghost stories spanning as far back as the prehistoric era. One such legend involves a large series of caves that are rumoured to exist under a plot of nearby land known as Vavel Hill. These caves have been explored countless times since they were discovered centuries ago, and they're rumoured to hold a statue of a dragon and millennia of human record. The caves are believed to have been inhabited by humans since the prehistoric era. 
The legend says in the 11th century, King Casimir, who was just a child at the time, explored these caves and came across a strange tunnel. Inside this tunnel, he claimed to have found a large stone emitting a glowing light. And from this light, a magical protective energy is said to be emitted throughout Krakow. To this day, local legends claim that the ghosts of all of Poland's past kings meet every Christmas Eve in that very tunnel to discuss the fate of Krakow. We hope you enjoyed these Christmas stories and now we're going to talk about one of the most famous ghost photographs ever taken in this country. Well we're coming up to the anniversary of the Brown Lady photograph. It's quite a famous photograph from 1936 that was published in the Country Life magazine on the 26th of December. Okay you know yeah, yeah I've, I've, heard about, I've heard about that photograph, it's a real famous uh, photograph. I know um, she reportedly haunts Raynham Hall, uh, which is in Norfolk. It's also become one of the most famous hauntings in this country. Uh, like you say, when the photographers from Country Life magazine claim to have captured her. I know also that she is uh, known, or the, the ghost is generally known to be of Lady Dorothy Walpole, which was the sister of Robert Walpole generally regarded as the first Prime Minister of Great Britain, I believe. Yeah, that's the one. Cool. So have there been many sightings of her at all, do you know? So I only, I only know really of the iconic picture. I don't know a great deal about her. Yeah, well, the sightings, the first recorded ones back from 1835, and that was, again, that was around Christmas time. Okay. Colonel Loftus and another guest called Hawkins, and they said they saw a brown lady one night as they are going to the bedroom. Yeah and they later reported that they saw it again and this time they noticed that the the spectre had like empty eye sockets and looked quite haunting quite scary to look at and these reports actually led to some staff actually leaving oh wow they don't work there anymore because the stories you know, it's pretty much scared them from uh, working there <laughs> and uh, there's another there's another one yeah and this was a few months later in 1836 and this was captain frederick marriott yeah. He was staying at the property to actually disprove the hauntings. Okay. He was saying that it was local smugglers mm-hmm. that were just trying to scare people. So he stayed for a few nights to actually try and catch them out. Yeah. And his daughter Florence recalls this story that her father told her that this happened on the third night of his stay. My father was walking back to his room with two nephews of the baronet when they saw a glimmer of a light coming from the other end of a long dark corridor, originally thinking it was one of the ladies in the house. He concealed himself behind one of the doors in the middle of the corridor and watched her approaching nearer and nearer, through the chink of the door, until she was close enough for him to distinguish the colours and style of her costume, as that of the brown lady. He had his finger on the trigger of his revolver, when the figure halted by the door which he stood. The figure grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him which infuriated my father, who sprang into the corridor and fired the revolver right in her face. The figure instantly disappeared, the figure at which for several minutes three men had been looking together, and the bullet passed through the door of the room on the opposite side of the corridor. Wow, that was, uh, that was a weird sighting, for definite. Um, interesting uh, to hear somebody else's thoughts and i didn't realize there was that kind of history beforehand as i say i I know about the um the photograph and i know that the guys like you mentioned with country life magazine um i know they 
they actually saw what they thought to be a figure coming down the staircase. And I know they, they took a photograph and it wasn't until they got it developed that, that they actually saw the, that, the figure that's in the image. Um, we'll post that image up on our social media so you can see. Um, it's a definitely a weird one. And I remember when growing up, uh, watching like Arthur C. Clarke and those kind of programs. That was one picture that came up and it always used to freak me out. But I know some people have claimed that it's not quite as genuine as uh, first made out. Yeah, there's been quite a few uh, debunkings of it and saying it's Dublin exposure. Yeah. And again, you talk about the photographers. The guy that took the photo was a guy called Provand. Yeah. And he was a photographer. And it was his assistant, Shearer, a guy called Shearer. Yeah, saw this figure come down the stairs mm-hmm. and told him to, to take a photograph and then yeah. the figure disappeared Yeah, uh, but as we talk about them their names are actually aliases ah ok so they're fake names and people <laughs> do know the real names but they don't yeah. publish the real names because there's still apparently family that are out surviving and stuff yeah it makes sense they don't want to sort of bring the family into it Yeah, uh, and the, the assistant Shearer he actually went bankrupt some years before this photograph. Yeah. And so people say that he's using it to make money, he's sold the image, and it is just a big fake. Ah, uh, yeah. It's been quite widely circulated. Yeah, could be. Sometimes you, you have to follow the money a little bit and see who who's deemed to uh, have an interest in this photograph coming to light. Because I know for a fact that the, the people uh, and the current owners and also the owners at the time of Raynham Hall have never opened up the hall for investigations, um, which with the popularity of, of the paranormal now would be a sensible thing because they could make a lot of money, but they choose not to. Yeah. So that suggests, yeah, that with their uh, alias names, um, bankruptcy could be could be a reason why the photograph appeared but yeah interesting story i think though still remains unknown not going to be resolved i don't think unless people can get in there and do some investigations but with the sightings previously it still holds a bit of mystery um so i think for the moment we just have to say that we're not sure i'm definitely not sure i'm on the fence how about you yeah i mean one of the things that sort of on the side of it being more real is mm. it's a hundred years between the like recorded sightings and the photograph and it's yeah. the photograph that made the hall famous. Yeah. Not the original sightings. So it's not like it's a famously haunted place and they went and they took photographs, it was the photograph made it famous. Yeah. This is a hundred years later. So yeah. that's the sort of the only thing that makes me think, is it genuine? Yeah. Yeah, but on some of the debunking sides again, uh, someone pointed out that the the image itself looks mm. like the statue of the Virgin Mary, the classic pose that she makes. In it does. It does. And once you hear that, and then once you look at the picture, mm. that's all you can see. Like you can just see the Virgin Mary in the yeah. image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say we put it on, so- on our social media so you can take a look and see what you guys think. Yeah. No, that's a good shout. We'd be interested to hear what people got to say. So, have you had any paranormal experiences, Ash? couple um i guess why we're on the topic of ghosts yeah uh, my one the main ghost story i've had <laughs> i don't think about it much because it it, <laughs> it doesn't freak you out does it 
It does. When I think back, <laughs> I get like goosebumps and stuff. This was oh, a wow. few years ago now. Uh, but it was pretty paradigm shifting for me. Yeah. Because uh, I've always had an interest in it, mainly UFOs, but yeah. I've always had an interest in all other aspects and stuff. But then this experience I had completely changed where I'm just like, I, I know now that there's stuff going on. It wasn't okay. maybe to me that is it is going on. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so my story yeah, was about three years ago now, maybe yeah. four. I was actually at a poker night in a pub. Okay. Um, <laughs> in uh, Nutsford, the Lord, Lord Elden Inn pub in Nutsford. Okay. And used to play every Monday night, it was the poker night. Yeah. And the room where we played was a back room, and there's a couple of toilets. But they were usually closed at night, later on in the night because no one uses the back room. It was only open for this poker room. Okay. So we were away from the main bar. Mm. We, were, we were out of the way. And there's no other doors out. There's only a door that leads into the bar. And mm. there's basically no reason for people to go in there. There's one little window. It's just an empty room, basically. And one of the guys that organises it, he always used to leave early. He had to look after his wife. Yeah. So he used to leave at around 10 o'clock. Uh, every, every every poker night mm-hmm. so he left said his bias to everyone and then walked out this one door and the door the one door that's in was to my left yeah. so I'm facing sort of away from the door and just in my peripheral vision I can see the door and the rest of the bar area mm-hmm. so we're just playing poker and about five minutes after this guy left I saw the door open oh I didn't see the door open but I saw somebody come in okay. through the door and walk towards the poker table so I thought it was him coming back, because like, yeah. he maybe forgot something or whatever. And I, I felt him, and I saw him, or I saw someone walk behind me, and then stand behind my right shoulder. Yeah. So, I just, so I'm playing poker, but I've seen, I'm aware of someone that's coming, walked behind me, and I can now feel him stood behind me. Okay. And I heard him say something. I didn't hear what he said, hmm. it was just that there was, it's like he said something. So I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. I just, I swear he was there. He'd come and he said something. Yeah. But no one at the table responded. So I was like, okay, so not to be rude, I turned around to acknowledge him, to be like, oh, like, what did he say? Just, I hear him say something. Yeah. And there's no one there. Well. So I'm like, what? So <laughs> I look back at the table, and I'm just like, what? And then my mate looks at me, and she says, she noticed straight away, there's, I was, something going on she just looked at me and went you okay I was like did, did Dave just come back in and she's like no I was like did someone just walk in because she had a view like she was sat to my right and she was facing the door area yeah and she's like no no one's coming I was like you didn't hear anyone come in or see anyone talking wow. or hear anybody they're like there are no people looking they're like no no one's coming oh, and wow. I was like I started crying and everything so I was like Cause I oh knew. wow I was, I was white. I was just like, because I knew someone came in and was stood next to me saying something. Yeah. But there was no one there. Was it a whisper and, or was it like a? Um, no, it's 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 hard because because I couldn't hear what he actually said because I wasn't paying too much attention. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I, I was aware of someone coming in and walking yeah. down behind me. I just assumed it was this, this Dave that had left early. Yeah. And then so I was I was like in the hand I was playing the hand of poker so I was mm-hmm. not really concentrating. Yeah, yeah. I heard him say something. It's just normal voice level. And it's only because no one else responded to him. I was like, I'm not going to be rude. I'll like, respond yeah. to you. Someone stood there talking. And there was no one there. And so that was my... Wow. 
And I've looked into like what it could have been, like yeah, yeah. different things, like angles of light or yeah, yeah. door, but there's nothing. It's like no windows. There's, well, there's only one small window that's closed. There's so is no, there a history in the property? Uh, Do you know? I did look um, at the time. Yeah. Um, I can't. I think there was something. There's something about a woman. Yeah. That I've been seeing there, um, yeah. but I've not looked for a couple of years. Is that no, the time okay. I was like, like <laughs> literally? Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you you say you felt felt like someone was standing there as well, that would sort of rule yeah. out sort of light and that kind of thing. Wow. That's yeah, pretty like, cool. I literally, out, out of my eye, I seen him walk mm. like, towards me and walk behind me, and I felt like you feel you just you can feel a yeah. bit like when someone stood there, you can just yeah, like, yeah, it's sort of yeah, changing air or whatever. Yeah, yeah, was... definitely. So, so before <laughs> before that, were you a believer in ghosts or um, belief? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. I think we we like to believe that there's something. Yeah. After after we die, um, yeah. Like I said I've always been interested in it, but hadn't had any personal experiences to. Yeah, yeah. So either way, um, my family have had quite a few experiences. Yeah. That that I believe have happened and mm-hmm. believe thingy, but so I probably was more on the side of being a believer that there's something. Um, <laughs> but now I'm I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So what about you? I know you're <clears throat> a part of the paranormal investigation team, so yeah, you've had a few. Yeah. So yeah, we've got there. There are loads of stories. There's um. Lo- loads of stuff that we've managed to capture on on film as well um but i also i have one um which i'll put the video up so i actually managed to capture it all on video the whole uh, there is about 19 minutes of footage but it's, it's down to about five minutes of, of actual stuff happening um so <clears throat> I'll, I'll i'll give you the background as to why i was i was there so my my granddad passed away um, some years ago, and my nan remained in the house, their their home, and she became ill, so she went into a care home. So to help fund that and uh, and whatnot, the decision was made to sell the house because it was unlikely she was going to come out of that the care home, uh, unfortunately. So we were helping to clear out. So me, my mum, my auntie, one of my uncles. We were looking to to clear out the house and just get the final bits out of the house before it before it sold. <clears throat> um, and so I said to my mum, "I'll come over and help that weekend." Bought one of the dogs, uh, well, the only dog we had at the time. Brought my youngest daughter. She came with me just for a few hours, just so we could just help out lift and stuff. Um, old house, uh, pebble dashed walls on the outside. Horrible thing if you ever knocked into it when you're running around when you're a kid painful but in the house three members of our family have actually died so my granddad um, my great gran and one of my uncles passed away in the house Um, but when you see the video you'll you'll see me in in a particular room and I've got um, a camera set up full spectrum camera I just popped in the corner I I said to my mum are you okay if I if we're not going to be here again are you okay if I just come in and just have a go at filming i've got my voice recorder and we'll just just see if anything's uh anything happens and surprisingly my mum was well up for it she's like yeah yeah that'd be great i'd be interested to see what what comes of it so i'm in the bedroom uh incidentally it's the room where my granddad actually passed away um 
some years before that. So it came on the side, me and my door come in, close the door. Uh, just as we walked to the side of the, the, the bedroom, I hadn't actually noticed, but the door had actually opened behind us. And it's a wooden door with this uh, almost like a gate lock type thing, real old school house. Uh, my daughter goes back up to the, the, the door, looks round as if to see if anybody was outside and closes the door and comes back over to me. Again, I really noticed any of this at this point. Nothing really happened. She was a bit freaked out anyway when I told her what we were going to do. She was only like eight or something like that. So she was, <laughs> she was not really. She was probably actually younger than that. <laughs> she was not really up for it. So she said to me, can I go, Dad? And I'm like, of course you can. As she says that, and again, I didn't notice this, the door opens and captured on the video is a uh, like an orb appears just in front of her before the door opens so she goes off out closes the wow. door i don't notice it anyway door opens again as i'm in the room on my own room feels genuinely nice calm i've been to places and the rooms feel really sort of like the air feels quite thick and heavy um, but this felt really nice and calm didn't feel scared anything like that anyway so I'm just talking away and asking questions. I don't know if you've seen it with a voice recorder. You ask a question, you leave a, like a 10 second gap or so and try and capture electronic voice phenomena or EVPs on there that you can listen to later on, see if the spirit has actually answered the question. So I'm, I'm doing all that. <clears throat> I think uh, it's probably time to go now. So the door is open at this point and I say, okay, thank you. I'm going to go now. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure, mean you no harm, all that kind of stuff that, that we, we as investigators say just to thank the spirits, if there is anything there at all. And I go out of the room, end of, uh, I review the voice recording later on, nothing. Nothing was recorded that I could hear. It's not until I play back the video that I noticed the door opening that multiple times. And just as I say, thank you, I'm going now, a very bright white orb, from where I am standing, switches past the camera, does a loop into the corner and goes out the door just before I do. And I don't know if you've seen like Donnie Darko. I don't, have you seen Donnie Darko? Yeah. On Donnie Darko, yeah, at one yeah, point, we're not about, uh, like, all about time travel now. He has these weird things that come out of him like before he goes anywhere to like show his movement. And this yeah. orb is essentially, the only way I can describe it is this orb just traces a way out of the room just before I do. Very strange. Didn't notice any of it at the time. Only when I reviewed the camera did I notice it. And there was loads of footage, but only those for a few minutes that I've managed to capture with, with anything sort of useful or interesting on that. So we'll, we'll put that up as well, but that's one of, of many, many um, paranormal experiences that I've had. I've seen Ouija boards move around, I've seen Ouija boards, giant Ouija boards, as though they've been whacked from underneath. So. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us this week. You can find us on social media under Pursuit of the Paranormal. And if you enjoyed the show, please give us a positive rating on your podcast provider. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.